Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number three of Genesis chapter one. And we're going to read the first few verses. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. I'll stop reading there. Now, we've been discussing the Bible statement that in the beginning, God, Elohim, the plural name for God, God created the heaven and the earth. We also have seen that the Lord Jesus Christ called the Word was said to be in the beginning from John chapter 1. In verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Everything made, created, everything we see today, was made by the Word. The Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, as a little further on in John chapter 1, we're told, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And it is speaking of the Lord Jesus entering into the human race when he was born of the Virgin Mary. And so it is Christ who in the beginning created the heaven and the earth. Of course, God in the fullness of his being, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is mentioned in verse 2, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The entire Godhead was involved with creation of this whole universe, of this particular creation that God has created. And we read in Proverbs 8, where the Lord is speaking of Jesus Christ, um, in the sense of wisdom, that is, uh, it is likening Jesus to wisdom, uh, wisdom personified. Uh, it, it's giving wisdom the characteristics of the Lord Jesus. And it says in Proverbs 8, in verse 22, Jehovah possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, wherever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens 
I was there, when he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree, that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth. Then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. So we find that in the beginning was the word, in the beginning was wisdom. The Lord Jesus, God in his infinite wisdom, was first. God is the cause of all things. He is the first mover. Um, Sometimes uh, some theologians in attempting to explain uh, how all things began, the origins of all things, they use an illustration of a pool table. It's like the whole creation are the balls on, on the table or a billiards table and and they're just sitting there, just just waiting to be acted upon. Well, first God created the table, created the balls, and then he um, sets them in motion as the cue stick hits the cue ball and and so forth. And, and then uh, the cue ball hits other balls, setting things in motion. God is the doer. He is the actor, the causer. The, the one behind the creation of, of all things and, and by whom all things consist. All things were created by him and for him. Colossians chapter one tells us everything belongs to God. Everything is his. He is the maker, the former. He is the potter. The Bible tells us, and we are the clay. Mankind are like vessels of pottery that God has fashioned and formed and made, and so too is the whole creation. The The earth belongs to him. He made it. No one else made it. And it says in one of the Psalms that uh, he's the maker, not we ourselves, and God therefore owns the earth because he made it. Satan didn't make the earth and the fallen angels didn't make the earth. Mankind who lives upon the earth today, they act as if they own the earth, but they don't own the earth. God made it, created it. God made the moon and God made the sun and God made the stars and God has formed everything that we see, no matter where we look, uh, way out there or way in here, uh, if we could get a microscope and and see the tiny little particles of creation that God has made. All were made by him and for him. All belong to him. If you make something, well, we recognize a copyright. You have made it. You have designed it. You have formed it and fashioned it. It belongs to you. You are the owner thereof. And that's how it is with the world. As um, it says in um, Psalm 148, beginning in verse 1, 
Praise ye Jehovah, praise ye Jehovah from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise ye him, all his angels, praise ye him, all his hosts, praise ye him, sun and moon, praise him, all ye stars of light, praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of Jehovah, for he commanded and they were created. His hosts, it, it is his moon, it is God's sun, it is God's earth, and the the cats and the dogs and the chickens and the flying fowl of every sort and the fishes of the sea and the insects. And all creatures belong to God. It's why that uh, Psalm tells us that he owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. Remember, as we've uh, looked at that verse before, to try and understand what thousand um, means or the, the biblical definition, the spiritual definition. And we realize, well, God does not own the cattle upon only a thousand hills, but it represents the complete ownership of God, of all cattle, upon all hills. God owns the cattle, he owns the hills, and he owns us. He owns mankind. Now we'll, we'll get into this later on when we discuss, um, the creation of man. And, and from that aspect, God owns all men. And God can do with man as he pleases. Of course, everything God would do with one of his creatures would be right and perfect and just and fair because he owns them. And and God is right and just and good and fair. And he cannot go contrary to his nature. He cannot be unfair or unjust or do that which is wrong or bad. And and so God always acts fairly and justly with his creatures. And he owns all creatures from the beginning that he has made. But more than that, as only mankind has rebelled against him and resisted the will of their creator and, and dares to shake their fist at their maker and strives with him and and says to him, well, I'll do as I please. I'll live as I want to live. And yes, you command me to do certain things. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do it my way. As that old song says, I will do it my way. This is the rebellious nature of man. It is and it brought man to uh, his fallen condition where his soul is dead within because he is a creature that has usurped the authority of the Creator and does not recognize the authority of the Creator, his Maker. He's nothing but a, a piece of pottery that has fallen off the table and shattered and been broken, a broken vessel, and yet 
he acts as if he is the determiner and as though he is the maker. And he's the one who will decide how he lives and what laws he lives by. He'll make his own laws. He doesn't like God's laws concerning marriage and divorce or who can be married and who cannot. He he doesn't like what God says about taking one day of the week and making it a Sabbath. He doesn't like God's laws uh, concerning the governing of his own thoughts and words and deeds. And therefore, he will devise his own laws. And, and he sets himself up in the place of God as the place of the maker when he's just a, a, a little tiny finite creature, a fallen, shattered, broken creature that, that has, uh, gone in, in the wrong way, gone astray. And so his soul has died within him. Well, God goes after certain ones that he has predestinated to save, and he restores their soul. And God says of that condition when he has saved a people for himself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 19 and 20, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, it's the same with the unsaved. They belong to God also. But they're in denial, in, in refusal, and they will never admit it or recognize it. And so God lets them go their way. But with his elect people, he has redeemed them, paid for all their sins, restored them to that original uh, position in the creation of a right relationship with him. And he has bought them, making them his own. We are creatures, and and God's elect learn to recognize this and submit themselves to the Creator as a creature. Well, we're we're getting ahead. We're we're still on verse one, where God isn't uh, giving specifics about uh, those that He has created. He's just beginning to create, and and isn't that something? It, it's it's uh, remarkable, really. That God took six days to create the heaven and the earth. He, he could have done it all at once, instantaneously. He, he could have, as it says here in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and it could have been fully designed and formed exactly as he would have it six days later. He, he could have created the heaven and the earth with the seas already in their position, the dry land already created dry, and the heavens already above, and and so forth, and all the creatures already fully formed, and man also. God could have created everything all together at once, at the same time, but he did not. He instead took time. 
and and created this world and the heavens above over the course of days stages he he created one thing and then he stopped creating and you know we we shouldn't think that it took god 24 hours to create the heaven and the earth when it was without form and void no he he spoke and there it was and and then he uh, in that first day divided the light from the darkness again that would have been nothing for god to do in an instant so god creates and then he waits for the 24 hour period to elapse and then day 2 he does the same thing he creates one aspect of things and then waits for the 24 hour day period to elapse and and so the creation is slowly taking shape slowly forming well 6 days isn't very long we know and um by the way 6 days uh, is 144 hours it's 6 times 24 equals 144 and in revelation 21 when god is picturing the elect that he has created the new jerusalem and he likens it to a city that has been formed and we find the number 144 in view remember that in uh revelation chapter 21 it says in verse 17, And he measured the wall thereof a hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of the man that is of the angel. And everything in that chapter had to do with twelve. And a hundred and forty-four is twelve times twelve. Well, it's interesting that when God worked six days, the seventh day he rested, when God worked six days to create, he worked 144 hours, 12 times 12, and then he rested. And it, it, it's just something for us to keep in mind, because God tells us that he declares the end from the beginning. And here we have the beginning. And in the, it doesn't mean right in this chapter God is declaring the end, but we can find information to help us in understanding the end here or anywhere in the Bible. And, and and so as God is creating the world in the beginning of this world, of course, he understands man will fall. He understands that the purpose for this world is to uh, glorify himself and in, in um, bringing a people creating a people uh, that will be his elect, that will live forever in the next world. Right from the very beginning, God knows this world will serve a purpose over the course of a certain period of time, and then it must be destroyed, and a new world must form. So the all-knowing God who inhabits eternity certainly has that in mind, as he is creating this world, he is also able to give us information concerning the next world he will create. And and one thing we can see is that God created this present earth, this present universe, over the course of several days, and he did it a little bit by a little bit, little by little which is a statement 
that the Lord makes concerning uh, the conquest of the land of Canaan, which typifies the promised land or the new earth. He says, I will not drive out the inhabitants of the land all at once, but little by little he will drive them out. And so Israel took possession of the promised land after the 40-year wilderness sojourn, little by little, in stages. And again, uh, I, for some reason at this point, I'm, I have a tendency of jumping ahead. Let's Let's stay here in Genesis 1 and continue looking at this wonderful creation that God created, the enormous handiwork of God, the power of the word of God, uh, as as the heavens do, declare the glory of God. Remember, as God makes that statement in Psalm 19, in verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Isn't that something that God says that the heavens declare his glory, show his handiwork, and in them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. That is, God is is uh, basically using the picture of the sun dwelling in the heavens. The heavens are like the tent, the, the tent that that uh, God has stretched out. And God does speak of stretching out the heavens. I, I think here in Isaiah 40, let's go over to Isaiah 40. It says in verse 21 of Isaiah chapter 40, Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. You see that statement? God is the one sitting upon the circle of the earth, and God is the one that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. And we we will see that uh, God, uh, in the beginning, created the heaven and the earth, but then later he's going to create the sun, moon, and stars, the celestial bodies. And it's almost as though God creates um, an earthly mass, and we'll get into what was in the beginning in the next few verses, as God describes it. And and then he's working with these elements that he's created. And, and just imagine when he places the stars as though he is stretching a curtain of a tent 
and he's pushing it back, 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 and, and, and the galaxies are forming, and the universe is taking shape, and God's stretching it out uh, with his almighty arms, and he's placing the stars in their course, and, and then he uh, has set up the sun and the moon, and there's the earth in position, and this is the the amazing thing all was created as a tent stretched out stretched forth as a tent for the sun and the sun typifies god for the the great light which lightens the earth the focus is on the earth where life is where the creatures have been formed and live and dwell and the sun is bringing the atmosphere for life to function on the earth. But there's no life out there. That's all decoration. That's all the tent for the sun to to be occupied in, for God to dwell in, in the sense. And isn't that something, you know, scientists today, when they look with their uh, super-duper telescopes into deep space, they they have seen that the universe is still expanding, according to them, that is still, as it were, being stretched out, still reaching further into that unknown depths of this universe. And, and so it's as though God started a process of expansion where he expanded the heavens and they have been continuing to expand ever since, to go further and further and further. Of course, scientists think it's the Big Bang. Well, if you would uh, recognize the Word of God as the, the voice of Jehovah is full of power and majesty as being the cause of that bang, that's fine. And, and as it is in truth, it was the declarative statement of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.